You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And uh, this week we're scratching the itch to have a return guest again. We've got Jason Zilstra of Nonpoint with us. And Jason, can you correct me to make sure I just got your last name right? Yes. <laughs> Say it one more time. <laughs> Zilstra? Yeah, it's close enough. Zilstra? Yeah. Zilstra. Zilstra. I think I said yeah. that the first time and then I changed it because I got nervous. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got it right. Good, good. <laughs> anyway yeah most people get it wrong though so i, I expect <laughs> most people to get it wrong because everybody's always like the i before e thing and all that stuff so yes yeah so thanks for joining us again we're more than happy to to have you back on so i need to go ahead we're who was supposed to wasn't one of you guys supposed to go to shiprock that'd be damn yes yeah <laughs> we'll totally get into that here in just a second mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what i thought <laughs> We're going to yeah. have you here, have you uh, break his heart even more right. in this yeah. conversation. That's, that's partially why we wanted to have you on. We'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah. And the last time we talked, you were just basically joining the band and just getting started. Yeah. You'd released the single, but you were ready to release the EP. So now that you're a couple months into the whole experience, like, you know, how, how are you feeling, man? How, how is that? How would you, are you still on cloud nine or how, how would you explain <laughs> that experience? Uh, it's definitely great to finally get all that stuff out there after sitting on it for so long. And I understand it's, you know, everything's got to be in motion and, and right to to put the stuff out, to have it succeed and stuff like that. But obviously I was impatient, but to have it finally be out and enjoy it and see that people are enjoying it, that's, that's the best part for me. That's what I'm excited about. No more holding back. And now we're moving on to, you know, already moving on to new stuff. So that's that's great. Yeah, I was actually I was hoping to get into that in a minute. So, but it, it was crazy. Yeah, the, when we talked before, um, you guys had just announced 361. You were just getting ready to release the single, and then since then, you have had a couple of tours. The EP has come out. You guys did Ship Rocked, and now, obviously, like you just mentioned, you're not necessarily laying low, but now it's time. For, it sounds like for the next phase. Yep. After all that. Yep. So since joining the band, have have you had some kind of a moment where you just like took a step back and was like. I, I finally made it or maybe like an aha moment that you realize you're a rock star. <laughs> I never, I never feel like a rock star. That's, that's <laughs> for sure. But I do, I, I do it almost daily. Like take a step back and like a lot of uh, musicians like say, they say they can't even listen to their own music and stuff like that. I listen to the stuff that I write all the time. And every time I do, I go, I step back and I go, wow. And I'm, and I'm just, I'm shocked and amazed that I'm here finally uh, and yeah it's it's i pinch myself every now and then and and it's still it's just just being in the music part i'm not a rock star nobody knows who the hell i am <laughs> so it's just but it's great to be able to write music that now gets exposed to a, a bigger audience and i'm like yeah that's great that's the best part so you said you were in the studio writing new music one of the things that most intrigues me in all these interviews is just hearing the the writing process. And I know you've been in a couple of bands before joining Nonpoint and, you know, Nonpoint was already well-established and well before you joined them. So I wanted to ask, how would you compare the writing process of Nonpoints to like previous bands? Is it, do you see the chemistry that like Elias and Rob have, or is it different from other things that you've experienced or other bands? For sure. Most of the bands, the original bands I was doing in the past, 
I was one of the main or if not the main writer in the band. So I was used to writing a lot of the material myself and everybody relying on me to write the material and stuff. So it wasn't hard to write for Nonpoint, but uh, Rob and Elias definitely know what they like and they know what they want and they know if it's going to be on brand or whatever you want to say you know mm-hmm. with what nine points used to so like when i would start writing music with the guys i would pretty much just throw as much shit at the wall as i could to see what would stick <laughs> that was what worked out best for me because that way i'm putting all kinds of ideas forward with all kinds of different vibes and like i would there was things i would send and i go is this too metal is this is this too much metal for you guys is this not you know and (laughs) what's cool is some of the things that i would think would be maybe too too metal for non-point or whatever something like that or too heavy i guess which is there's nothing too heavy for them that's the thing once they put it through their filter it like becomes non-point that's one of the things i really loved about these guys and appreciated when i was learning the music to get into the band the old stuff is how diverse they were and -hmm. people don't know that about them until until they dive into the catalog it's and it's it's pretty cool what they've done yeah and that's i mean that's what happens when you've been around for 25 years as, <laughs> as the band has <laughs> yeah yeah and i know we kind of touched on this uh last time i'm pretty sure rob said that ruthless was his favorite non-point song now which is a pretty big deal um but i was just going like you mentioned i was kind of going through the catalog the other day a little bit i had to note and it's got to feel good i got to tell you like Bands tend to have, you know, their few songs that are like, these are the songs that represent that band. These are the ones that you're going to think of immediately when you hear about them. You know, for Nonpoint, you've got those trademarks, you got Bullet with a Name and What a Day in the Air, a couple of those. And your first release here, five song EP, you've got at least one of those, <laughs> at least one of those right there with Ruthless, maybe more. We'll see how, you know, time will probably tell on that. But that's got to be a good feeling to be able to contribute to like immediately contribute to like the upper echelon of the catalog, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's uh, it's wild. Definitely did not expect that to happen. I knew it was a good song. It was the it was actually the first song I actually threw at them, which is even cooler because it was the first song that worked out. And uh, the way it came to life and was built up like I had the first couple of riffs like and I put that to him and then Elias sent some vocals back and it we bounced back and forth for a while and it kept changing for a little bit until we got to the point where it needed to be but I was really uh, shocked to see the feedback from fans about saying oh this is it's a throwback to to the pain this is what I you know what I wanted to hear and this and that and I was like cool because that was the other thing about the band is um They've played in different tunings on the records, but there's only one record that they played in the real low tuning in in A, and that was To The Pain. And I really wanted to bring that vibe back with what I was writing. So that's when I I started writing some stuff on the seven string guitar and stuff in the lower tunings. And I was really happy that that one is the one that pulled through. What sold it was Elias, like the the first thing he sent was like the verse and the like... I'm about to explode like that whole thing that like that sold it for everybody. As soon as we heard that, we're like, shit, we got something here. This is cool, you know, and we knew. And I I don't know the exact timeline of it. I think Elias does. He says it was kind of in the works already. I don't know. But I think we were we were already had started working on that song 
and then Elias got the offer from AEW at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that's when he sent that back, and he's like, hey, you're not going to believe this. Got this uh, thing with AEW, and I think this song, Ruthless, should be the song we use. And we weren't even done writing it yet, but it had that vibe already. So it was it, like everything came together, and it, was, it worked out perfect. Yeah, that was that was an awesome use of that song with the you know cage match and all that stuff. So <laughs> he even he even slid the the double or nothing line in there, which was the name of the pay per view it was originally gonna gonna be on. Yeah, I appreciated that. Yeah, yeah, you noticed that. That's great. I don't I don't know how many people noticed that, but that's cool that you caught that the double or nothing thing. So um, I do believe that you guys have just gotten done with your with your most recent tour, which included Shiprocked. Uh, we had a, a couple of chances to see you, but I do apologize. I actually had COVID, and that's why I was not able to make uh, the ship, unfortunately. I, both myself and my wife got COVID the week before we left, so we couldn't, couldn't go. But I, I definitely, I, I lived vicariously through everybody's post and on social media. Um, and and uh, I believe that you guys actually met a lot of our friends. We had uh, interviewed like right before the ship, we had interviewed oxymorons and Eva under fire and, uh, and you guys, as well as, uh, Black Black Mojo. Mojo. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I definitely, I definitely apologize for not being there. It sounds like I missed a great time, but do you have like a, a favorite experience from this past ship rocks? Well, this was, uh, first of all, I gotta say that is a bummer that that <laughs> happened to you right before that, because, that happened to a lot of people. I'm on like the Shiprocked family forum page on Facebook yeah. and Me we too. seen it like so many people like days before, the week before, testing positive and all this stuff. And oh man, that was it was so hard to deal with, especially because I don't know how many bands from the tour or from Shiprock were doing tours like us leading up to it and uh-huh. stuff like that. But that was risky for us and that was hard because we had to try and be as safe as possible getting down there. And that was difficult. It didn't work out for every one of us, but we yeah. made it. And uh, that sucks. Hopefully next time. But as far as favorite experience from Shiprock, this is this is my first Shiprock. So mm-hmm. the whole damn thing was my favorite experience. <laughs> I, couldn't, uh, I couldn't ask for anything better. It was so cool. I mean, the only thing that I was worried about was getting seasick, like motion sickness or something like that, because that can happen to me occasionally. I've grown out of it a little bit and it, it did happen. It did happen once on this trip, but thank, thank God it didn't happen uh, the whole time. So the whole thing was awesome. Like from top to bottom, everything anybody's ever said about it is true. The people that it's a family thing. Everybody on that boat knows each other. I think it's only like 3000 people on a boat or roughly something like that. And uh, those people all know each other. They look forward to seeing each other every year. They travel from all over the country and they go to this thing and the detail at which they go to make this trip like unique is so cool. Everybody brings their own what they call trade tokens or trade items. They all make their own cool little trinkets to pass back and forth to people. So you always leave there with this giant bag of swag from everybody. It's got their names on it and the years and the interesting things that they come up with. So that was cool. And then plus I get to rub elbows with a bunch of like real rock stars. So <laughs> that's pretty yeah. cool, right? You're right. Yeah. Did yeah. you? Did you come away with any best friends from other bands out of that? You guys that now you exchange numbers. Now you're going to, they're going to hang out and stuff or tour with maybe. Uh, I don't know if, I don't know if I say new best friends, but like some of the same guys that I have hung. Well, I, okay. POD, the POD guys, 
uh, I could say they're new friends. These guys knew him from a previous tour and probably from years before that and everything like that. But I got to make friends with those guys and their camp. And uh, and um, Marcus's uh, guitar tech was really cool, Tim. Mm. And um, other than that, like uh, we did some shows on our last run with Blacktop Mojo. And it's great to see Cat, the bass player. He's such a cool guy and a fun guy to hang out with. And just getting to like spend like a vac- mini vacation with people like that. Like my wife was there. Uh, a lot of our wives or girlfriends or stuff like that was there. So it was just, it was such a laid back vibe and a cool thing. I mean, we had to work when we had to do our shows and things like that. But other than that, it was pretty cool. I got sick once right before <laughs> the, uh, right before the uh, second set in the theater. That day was rough from my understanding is we were on our way back home. There was a storm coming out of Galveston or something like that. And somebody, I had overheard somebody saying, well, the, the captain's is really pushing the boat. And we're going real fast because I guess it's choppy. And I guess going through the choppy water is easier, I guess, when you go faster. Mm-hmm. But man, I had about four hours of where if I stood up, it was Ralph. It was, no. I couldn't stand up. Like, and everybody's telling me, well, that's the oh. thing you got to keep moving. And I'm like, yeah, that's how it was the first four days. And I wouldn't get seasick because I would stay moving and it wasn't that bad. We'd be moving around. Like when I laid down is when it would get to me. Now it was the opposite. If I mm. got up, I wanted to hurl. So I had to suck it up to get <laughs> on stage. And I had told him I even I was in the dressing room at the theater and I was like, hey, please get me a garbage can or a bucket. By the side of the stage, if I have to throw up during the set, I'll do whatever I can to finish this set, but it may be rough. But as soon as I got out there and the four count started, my adrenaline got going and I'm moving around and I forgot all about it. And it, it came back about a little little tiny bit at the end there um, <laughs> after the show was over. But I got my second win because I honestly thought that the trip was over for me at that point. Oh, <laughs> well, good thing you didn't explode literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Were there any kind of collaborations at Shiprock? From what I understand, like it's no, it's known for its collaborations. Like apparently, a lot of the artists will join stage. I think I actually saw a picture where Elias was on stage with Pod. So was there any kind of collaboration that that you just took you back? Was like, holy cow, I'm playing with such and such person, or or that I'm seeing these two people on stage or something like that. Oh yeah. Well, they got the whole, the whole stowaways thing that they do on ship rocked where, yeah. you know, a lot of just musicians from bands come together and they do a bunch of cover songs and have a good time and, and collaborate like that. Like I had such a good time on ship rock that I told Rob because Rob knows, you know, how to get a hold of the people and he knows who to talk to. I was like, if we don't do ship rock next year, I would love to get on with the stowaways and, you know, get another free vacation out of it and get to <laughs> play a bunch of songs with a bunch of cool people and a bunch, cause I've done the cover band thing. So I'm pretty good at that stuff. I can learn the songs and stuff, but collaborations with me that I was involved in the coolest thing by far for me was Phil demo coming on and playing bullet. The guys have done that before with him in the past. He's filled in on guitar for a show or two, but I'm a huge machine head fan and you know, always was. And Phil is such a kick ass guitar player to get to play a song with him and then like have him come on my side of stage and hang out and jam a little bit. It's like, that's like, yeah, you can, I'm, that's awesome. He's like a, he's like a guitar hero that I can, that I look up to. So. Were there any particular bands that you 
got to see for the first time that kind of blew you away? 68. Never heard Uh of them. Never heard of 68 before. Didn't know anything about them. It was the first night and I don't, uh, me and my guitar tech were hanging out. Jose, he's a great guy, by the way. And uh, (laughs) we went to the, one of the small lounge stages. I was just trying to explore the boat and get a feel for where the stages were. And we walked down there and I heard they're on. I'm like, oh, cool. Let's go check them out. And I walk up and it's two guys like, uh, you know, like local age, like middle class rut style, you know, that two man jam. And that guitar player hit that first note that I heard and it was just, <laughs> and it was just so loud. And he uses like an octave on his guitar and it was so beefy and bold and just watching them vibe off each other. These two guys play off each other. And I we got to get up close because it's a real small, intimate show. And I was just watching the eye contact between the two guys as they're signaling about, you know, their cues and stuff like that. I'm like, it was so cool. And they were so into it. I'm like, these guys, they were by far my new favorite band on the boat. And I went and caught both their sets. And uh, I, I want to check out all their music now and see them again live. Is it really cool? Other Very than that, cool. I've seen I've seen Lamb of God before. That is my first time seeing POD, uh, Blacktop Mojo. I was really disappointed about so many bands that didn't make it on the show. <laughs> yeah, really I know. Yeah. To, but, right, right. You know, it happens, and I wouldn't have changed it for the world. It was great. Everything about it was great. Lamb of God put on a set the first night that nobody's going to forget because it was a torrential downpour in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico and they played their last two songs in pouring rain. It was amazing. <laughs> nice. I yeah, saw pictures of that. Yeah, yeah. I saw that online. Yeah. <laughs> so is it true that you guys are already confirmed for next Shiprocked? We are. We uh-huh. were besides, besides uh wage war and I think motionless and white who were like, you know, range checked over for next year or something, which I'm sure there's a few more. We were the first confirmed band. Yes. Which we signed the the deal and the ink was still wet as Elias said on the, on the (laughs) deal, but right before we announced it. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm already booked too. So (laughs) yeah. And that this one, this the guys guarantee me that this is this is the one to go on to because they were all kind of not like you know they said Florida was the port when we were doing that I wish they'd go back to that and then when they announced where they were going on this everybody was like super excited they're like this is the one you want to be on because this is in the Caribbean or whatever I guess the water never really gets choppy and you're going to some really like the Turks and Caicos yeah. that's yeah. that place is beautiful yeah nice yeah we hope to we hope to join you. For that one, fingers for crossed. Sure. <laughs> yeah, Dan's trying to sell off all of us on getting there, and so it, it yes. might happen. We'll see. <laughs> yes, it needs to happen. <laughs> Next subject, but also a little bit further back in time. So you know that kind of was close to the end of a run of dates you guys did. You guys were on the road for like all of January, and then you also did a little bit last fall. Now that you've had you know maybe a, a week or so to kind of process and unwind after all of that. Can you give us any insight on like maybe the the differences between those two tours? Because from what we could tell, it seemed like that first run late last year kind of had a lot of roadblocks to it. But then the January one, from what I could tell, looked like it really went along smoothly. Uh, there was still the only I think the difference between then and now was then we didn't know what we were getting into. 
this time we did. So we were able to try to more prepare this time, even <laughs> though somebody gets COVID or sick. Right. I don't What do you do? You really, there's not a lot of preparing you could do. I mean, so it was definitely easier this time around, but the stakes were higher this time, I guess, kind of. We knew that if we got it on the first run, if somebody got it, we were going to go home. Uh-huh. This time it was about getting on ship rocks. We had an end goal that we had to try and meet. So we were trying to get through the whole thing and we did. So we had one show that we had to reschedule before ship rock. And that was kind of like an agreement between everybody, the promoter. And is be- is because of that is because of the stipulations in certain areas that uh, we, they, we thought it was in our best interest to reschedule that show. We were told, you know, ticket sales were low because they just enforced a bunch of stipulations. Uh-huh. We, the promoters, I like, guarantee, and if you guys come back again, if we reschedule for a couple of months and things are easier, we guarantee the show will be way better. So we're like, all right, that makes sense. So it wasn't a big deal. We were able to tack it on to our next run the next time we go out and stuff. So, and you also had with the new year coming around, you did these Jan- this January tour. You had officially released the EP at that point which has got to be cool for, for you guys and for people in attendance. Now, you know, we've had a minute to listen to these songs and stuff as we go see them. I was very curious about something. I, I, wanted, I wanted to ask you guys, since, you know, you guys are your own label at this point, you make all your own decisions. Why did you guys end up choosing to release Ruthless immediately after Christmas rather than before in that regard, you know, with the holiday rush and all that kind of stuff? Uh, I, you know, I'm not really sure. Uh, we had some obligations to fulfill and nobody, nobody was releasing it. Nobody releases music then. The yeah. industry's kind right. of shut down. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> we were just kind of eager to get it out, I guess. And we were going out on the road. So we figured let's just put it out there. And that way the people have it and we can play these songs live, which we did. We played the whole entire EP this run. Mm. So not only did people get to listen to it at home, but the people that came to the shows got to see it live and then see it interpreted live. And so it's, I don't know, it just made sense for us because we were going out on the road, I think. And because we're in charge of it, it doesn't hurt us or harm us really when we put it out. I guess yeah. you could say scheduling and what's going on in the world or whatever. And like the industry, you know, times and stuff like that, but whatever it's, I think it, I think <laughs> it worked out for us. Yeah. We were, hoping that Dan was able to see you on Shiprock. We were, we were so bummed because like I said, we, we interviewed like four or five artists that were, that were on the ship. So we were hoping that Dan had an in to like party with bands and, and become better friends with <laughs> bands. And, and then that didn't happen. We were bummed out. And then you guys came to St. Louis shortly thereafter on yeah. like the following Sunday. And uh, we were still recovering from sicknesses and stuff. So oh, we, we couldn't, we couldn't see, See you then anyway. So, uh, yeah, I was kind of wondering why you guys didn't show up to that one either. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, that's that's definitely my fault. I infected everybody. I, 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 <laughs> I, I blame my kid. Uh, you know, just pass, pass the blame along. It's his fault. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But so I apologize. But, uh, the St. Louis band, what was it? The discrepancies. discrepancies? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. They, they were on that tour with you guys. How, how was it uh, touring with those guys? Great. Absolutely great. Love those guys. Super cool guys. Super easy to work with. Never, you know, 
uh, just just easy to get along with. And that's what the, that's what you want the most out of a, a band that you're touring with, you know, besides besides being a great band or, you know, being a great draw or whatever. It's just being able to get along with those guys from town to town and sharing a stage with them and having everything work out. Nobody complaining or anything like that. So and those guys were great and they were top notch every night and they were great. Is it true that they they talked you into uh, adding a St. Louis date on the tour? We, we heard that that was a rumor. Not that I know of. But <laughs> I, I don't think so. <laughs> that that would only be in the, in everyone's best interest, though. Uh, and we we you know we played pops before. That was uh yeah. that was my second time actually with Nonpoint. I only have a few venues that I've been twice with them at, and that oh, was nice. one of them. So nice, nice. Yeah, ironically enough, uh, we're we were friends with another podcast and uh, they're good buddies with Trawl and you guys performed with them as well. Play so that was, too, yeah. that was kind of an interesting uh, little meld together of, of podcast shows and stuff. Mm. <laughs> Even on our side of things, it's a small world. Like we said, like so many, like almost everybody that we talk to, we eventually find out that they're, you know, friends with this other band that we've talked to and they've toured with this other band. It's like even newer, younger bands, like they just somehow everybody just connects. You brought up oxymorons, those guys, another top notch, kick ass guys. Got to watch them twice on Ship Rock 2, uh, immediately after their first set. You know, uh, well, they, they were talking to us after our first set, and I went and watched them at the beach party. They played right before POD did. Great energy, and they were, they were in line to go on this last run with us. Ooh. They were one of the bands that we had when, the, when our, our uh, booking agent was putting this together. You know, they asked for bands that we want. We suggest bands that we want to put out, and that was one of them that we put forward. They just couldn't do it at the time. Oh and man, we'd, we'd love to bring them out with us. We already told them. Yeah, I hope Probably. that's a rain check for sure. Yeah, <laughs> if you tour with them, definitely uh, try to come through St. Louis, and we'll we'll make that show even if we're sick. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Probably a good <laughs> thing with COVID, but I would have infected everybody with COVID. I, I'd have made it. <laughs> they are. They are a perfect, just like discrepancies, they're a perfect touring band with Nonpoint. They fit the package with us, and they bring the vibe. They've got great energy on stage, and that's a big thing for us is a band that brings energy on stage, gets oh, yeah. the crowd going. Yeah, yeah. and they're hilarious. They're a good good, fun group of guys. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I don't know if you if you had a chance to listen to our interview with them, but it was, it was crazy because it was, it was <laughs> the, the entire band plus the three of us, so seven dudes talking and just like laughing the entire time. I'm going to go back and listen to that one. I, I just, uh, I, I was more than halfway through the, uh, the blacktop mojo one a little while earlier when I was going to get something to eat with the kids before I, I came on. Nice. That's great to hear. We, we appreciate by the way yeah, that, we do. that, that you actually uh, listen <laughs> at least sometimes or another. That, that's, that means a lot. I don't get them. I don't listen to every single one, but I, yeah. I do. I have my list of podcasts that, now that I'm back home uh, off a tour and back to work. So I, I have my, my podcast playlist that I listen to all day long for eight hours, 10 hours a day. <laughs> there you nice. go. Nice. I feel you. I don't listen to every episode of any podcast on my, on my list either. <laughs> it's always picking and choosing, but you know, you just, if you got more hits than misses, then there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the one thing that you did, I think you commented after our interview the last time that we interviewed you was uh, the dread beard and you have, you seem to have a really damn good memory. So I wanted to kind of readdress this too. And as you can tell it's gone because I, I, I had every intention. I grew out my beard for a whole year. Um, I went to a stylist a week and a half before uh, the ship rocked and I, I had her dread it into two dreads, but she just did a piss poor job. (laughs) 
<laughs> she didn't take her time with it at all. Like, and was just, it, it basically came out the next day. Well, one actually was like angled up. The other one yeah. was down. <laughs> um, and, and then it came out. So it got me wondering, like, bad. yeah, it was, yeah, I, I, so I shaved it off. I had like, I, I even shaved it before I even was even going to go on a ship rock, but um, so it, it got me wondering. Cause like, I didn't know. And I still can't tell that you had dreads the last time we spoke. And I think that's kind of how that been was brought up. But so I'm just kind of curious, like, do you have like a, a stylist or does like the band have a stylist? Cause you're the whole band's dreads are amazing by the way. <laughs> and I'm super jealous, but uh, so I was just curious, like, is there a stylist that, that follows the band or that or they just like does everybody do their own dreads like how does that work first of all i want to see pictures of this botched dread beard or it didn't happen i don't know if we i don't know i got got one i got got one one? yeah i got one it's it's terrible we'll send it it to you you should (laughs) i can show it it though you should have kept it though because dreads are dreads are a work in progress it's not an immediate thing let's see if it it see He's got to keep it. It was all like it was. I don't know, it, it was, was just, all the one side. He had, little, <laughs> he had little crooked alien antennas. Coming yeah, off of his and the picture was taken right like. after she did it. So the next day after I slept on it, it was it was not dreaded at all. Beard, hardly. Be, yeah, beard here is coarse. It's it, yeah. did, it would take a little bit of time and effort to get it to to stay. It needs to get longer, like Chris Kale longer. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no. There's there's no stylus. This is this is the second time I've actually had dreads. I had dreads in uh, in my early twenties, and I actually still have them there in a bag downstairs in a drawer. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought about sewing them back in like Logan Mater did for me. <laughs> I could do it. I could totally do it. But there, those there's a difference between those dreads and these dreads. Those dreads. I was younger. I was a roofer. Those dreads are literally held together by dirt. Oh, nice. They're gross. Nice. They're gross. <laughs> and my hair now, like like the old hair when I, I pulled them out of the bag once to look at them. Like you look at you look at the end that I cut off from where from where I cut them. And it looked like a tree trunk. You could see the rings of dirt in them, like oh a tree goodness. trunk. It was pretty gross. So this time my hair is not like that. My hair is is just matted and knotted, and it's clean. I, okay. I, there is no dirt in my hair. I wash it like every two weeks or so, and I use conditioner. Now it, it's a long process. It took a, it takes a couple of years, or if you know somebody does it right, it'll it can be done faster. But and obviously depending on the type the type of hair you have, like I have normal straight white boy hair. It doesn't quite <laughs> cooperate as much as like Elias's and Rashid's hair does. And so because I asked Elias, I'm like, well, how do I get? I need to get the ends of mine locked up so they're. Because I have like hair, it looks like hair on my. He's like, oh, you just do this. You turn them upside down or twist them like this. And I'm like, bro, my hair doesn't work like that. He goes, oh, he goes, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so it it does sound like the rest of the band does their own dreads as well. Is that right? Yeah, because yeah, Elias oh, yeah. are, are impressive. I think his are probably the longest dreads I've ever seen anyone have. I think I think the guy from Shadows Falls got him beat. They're still longer. I have to check that out. I'm not familiar with him. Yeah, yeah. I think I think if we do get a YouTube channel at some point, what we're gonna do is we're gonna hit up you and Elias and Rashid, and we're gonna have Dread Maintenance 101 <laughs> as like our our first video. <laughs> I need to go. I need to go to somebody and have them have them redone again. That like, uh, I mean, I, I basically did them myself and stuff. But you can now they have techniques nowadays on YouTube. I, I even saw it, like people like crochet. They use like the crochet hooks mm-hmm. and it, it helps to lock them tighter and you can get rid of loops and bring in all those loose hairs. And if you got somebody who knows how to do it, it's, it's timely, but 
I had one girl do it. It, it was, it took two, four hour sessions. She did four hours one day and four hours another day. And, and it, they looked great when they were done. But if, if you don't, it's, it's maintenance. It's, uh-huh. yeah, it is at this point. I'm not though. It's like, I, I put it under the hat or I pull it out now it's, and it is what it is, <laughs> but I should, I should go get some maintenance on them. I mean, it works. It works great for the visual aesthetic of the band, as as I'm sure you guys have seen from plenty of photos of yourselves. You know, dreads look awesome when they're when people are headbanging. And so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The one one thing about me is I get bored with the way I my hair and I do things, and like <laughs> I'm like wanting to ask, like, "Hey, man, would be all right if I cut my hair?" <laughs> <laughs> like I, I know dreads but are that, a thing, but, but, then, <laughs> but then I think about that too. Is like, well, then when I headbang, I don't know how I'd feel about that right. without having something to throw around. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, does Rob Rob ever have a you know like the the Jamaican Halloween costume uh, play play drums with that on? <laughs> have you ever seen Have you ever seen an old picture of Rob? No, well, actually, you guys so. just posted no. oh one God. recently from yeah, the, from yeah, when I the think, band started. Yeah, oh think, no, no, no! I'm talking about I'm talking about before that. Oh. Rob had Rob had luscious brown locks. <laughs> he had he had like he looked like somebody from like the Bullet Boys or Warren or something like that. <laughs> like I'm not even kidding. He's he uh you might be able to find a picture on his Instagram or Facebook, but he we're, he we're had like normal like 80s like feathered long <laughs> hair. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Then he, he always tells the story. It's like one day before like I don't know if it was before their first show as actual nonpoint with the original lineup. I think he just shaved his head one day before a show or something like that. And everyone's like, okay, this is what it is now. (laughs) (laughs) I was curious about this before. Now I think we have a good lead into it. The idea of this, the visual aesthetic of the band. I know after last time we talked, I remember messaging and be like, and, and saying something about, Hey, we're wanting to send you a shirt or a hoodie or something as like a thank you, which by the way, I still haven't done, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, and you were, and I, you were like, yeah, I can't really like wear that stuff on stage, but I, because we have a particular like vibe and look that we're going for. And I thought that was a great touch for, for ruthless with, you know, all of the promotional stuff, everything I'm seeing, seeing on social media for that. You've got this grayscale kind of thing going on with, Really, the only color is blood. This is the red for the blood, you know, coming off of the video and all that kind of thing. So can you speak any, to anything about how that whole idea came about of like, let's not just be a sound, but also a very specific look for this run? Oh, when the guys when the guys hooked up with Frankie, things started to go into motion that like everything they do needs to play a part creatively like so it's one big moving picture or whatever you want to call it so when they we were planning for all this stuff it's like i still have like the original pamphlet like we had everything planned out and stuff like that and uh yeah she she brought it forward and and, uh we just thought that everything should play a part like we had we did our whole photo shoot right when covid started remotely with her in canada and we did like three or four or five, like all the photos you see for everything we did, like doves and uh, the stuff that for Ruthless and then the stuff for back in the game when uh-huh. it came out. All that stuff was done in, in one day or two days, I think it was, photo shoot with all these different backgrounds because we had it all planned out for the releases and how we were going to do it and all. I don't know. I don't if you noticed in the past, red and black is nine-point colors. Right. It's, right. They right. just have been. Yeah. They have been. Yeah. So, and you know, we threw in the white and stuff like that now, and it's it's always just, 
it's a look like that. We're trying to be a little darker, a little meaner, a little, I don't want to use the word edgy because I hate that word. Yeah. But like, yeah. It's so it was supposed to be a little more darker, a little more post-apocalyptic, you yeah. know, kind of ruthless, you know, like angry, brutal, you know, so. And all that look feels like it feels like a new chapter for the band, because like you go like, I, you know, like I said, I was kind of going through a, a bit of a deeper dive earlier this week and you can through the discography. The other things that Nonpoint has is a very particular font that is usually used for the writing of the name and mm-hmm. a very particular logo, uh, neither of which are found on the cover of the Ruthless EP, which is yep. which is a very much a break from tradition for that for the band. So it's kind of cool just to kind of see those pieces of the puzzle come together and, to, uh, you know, moving you guys forward in, in whatever direction you're trying to go. It's hard for uh, uh, it's, you know, it's it's not a secret. It's 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 hard for a band like this. It's been together for 20 years to constantly come up with uh, new ideas or a way to try and reinvent themselves and stuff like that. And Man, for everything that these guys have been through over 20 years the guitar player changes and the lineup changes. It's just, uh, it's amazing that they kept going. There was never a stop. People, you know, comments you'll see all the time. Oh, non-point. It's great to see you guys playing again, or it's great to see you guys out and doing stuff again. It's like, <laughs> they never left. Right. right? They right. they put out a new album every two years consistently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just, man, they, I don't know what it's going to, what it takes, but this band has just never broke through that ceiling never broke through that big ceiling and they're so fucking good. And when guys, when people pick up on it finally and they go, man, I don't, I was missing out all this time because they just didn't give it the listen that it deserved. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's been going on for 20 years to the band or well, obviously since, uh, cause the first song I heard was your signs on the radio and I, that's when I fell in love. And so I, I agree 100% with you. I one thing I wanted to kind of touch on is that, you know, the fans that, that have found the band are, are very dedicated. And I'm part of the 361 fan club online, which they're amazing people. I know that when you guys had your, your, I guess, traffic incident with the trailer, uh, they were quick to jump in and, and like start a GoFundMe uh, account. So you guys could, you know, not miss a beat and make sure that you're back on tour and, and please another fans. What is it like stepping into a band that's so well established that has such a dedicated fan base? How, how has the fan reaction to you been? And, you know, how are, are you, have you been able to adjust any kind of naysayers? Uh, the, the trailer incident, the, those fans like pulled us out of the proverbial ditch. Like it was amazing to see. It's amazing to, to see how accepting they are of me. Like, I'm not stupid. I'm the, if you count Rashid still active, I'm the sixth guitar player in nine point. Nobody right. gives a shit about the sixth guitar player in any band. <laughs> so, and I'm totally cool with that because I'm making music and it's great. So I don't care. Yeah. I don't, I've never really had any naysayers. Like nobody's really said, well, it's not really my cup of tea or anything that I don't think anybody would really say that to my face. It's right. Like, right. It, it's like the people that support those people that go to American Idol that are really bad. You know, they don't yeah, ever yeah. tell them they're bad, you know, <laughs> something like that. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's, but the fans are amazing. What they do for us and the things they make life on the road so much easier. Cause almost in, ev- in almost every town, ever, like any repeat non point city, like we have fans that bring us dinner. They bring us, 
uh, they bring us provisions like baby wipes and things that we need vitamins and <laughs> yeah, like yeah. on these last two runs with everything, they've brought us out so many vitamins and things to keep us healthy and things like that, that it was great. All the emergency and the fruit and everything they were giving us, it really helps because some of them know some of the comforts of home that we have and they're able to provide them for us while we're on the road. And it, it, it gives us a little relief once in a while and a little, a little relax, you know? Yeah. That's yeah, it truly is like a family. That is for sure. They are. They're great. It's how dedicated they are. You know, there's there's a core group of them too that's even more hardcore. Yeah. And it, you can't can't thank any of those people enough. And and we give them every minute of our time that we possibly can, even when we see them. It's been hard these last couple tours because of the way things are. But uh, I can't wait to get back to be able to go out to the merch booth and be able to actually sit and talk to people again. You know. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Yeah, that was one thing that we we were able to do. We did we did catch the live stream. I believe that was the Michigan performance, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yes, that was and, great. Uh, that yeah. was that was great watching you uh, shred on there. It was, mm-hmm. it was good times. That was pretty cool. I, I enjoyed that too. It was uh, it was different. Always nervous about how those things are going to sound because there's so much involved in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the stream, the streaming service you're using to do it, the equipment you're using, how's it going to sound? live streams and tv streams always to me even they always come out so dry Mm -hmm. and you know but that came out pretty good we had rob ruch out with us and he gets to i believe he told me there's like a certain amount of delay between that where he can actually put a mix on it even after the board before it goes to the internet and stuff i think something like that maybe yeah i could be totally wrong i could be totally wrong about that (laughs) but he made it sound good i've went back and watched it a few times on youtube and it's cool yeah, it, yeah. It, it sounded good when we watched it. There was a couple uh, delays and technology things, but that's that's what's going to happen anytime you do something live. So yeah, anybody yeah. and anybody, I didn't want, I couldn't say nothing to anybody, but anybody who was on you know YouTube, I saw a couple of comments of people complaining or something like that. It was fucking free, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Yes, it made us, it made us happy though. Yeah, we were, we, we were watching. And I'll yeah. be honest, like, especially with kids, like I catch all those free shows. I appreciate it 100% because like, yeah. I can't get out there and go to like these shows in Michigan or the show in like Rockville, Rockville was um, streamed the whole weekend. And it was just amazing. Like I, I loved every second of it. And so I truly appreciate that you guys were able to stream it. And and, and it was awesome. I, I really do appreciate that. Um, Cause yeah, unfortunately due to COVID, I wasn't able to see you. So that was the only way I was able to see. <laughs> we do record. see, we like all those things too. Rob's a big music lover. He's the biggest music lover in the band. So like all during COVID over the last couple of years, everybody who did live streams, Rob was sharing the links with us every single time. Anybody had a show, <laughs> anybody who did a live stream, Rob had the link and he would share it with us and be like, check it out, check it out. <laughs> you know, we also, we also, we also did our own too. So we were doing research to see who was doing what and stuff like that. So. Awesome. Was there any band that he turned you on to because of sending you the link to the live show? No, they were all band. They were all bands we knew already, but we were, we were just interested to see how everybody else was doing it because everybody was navigating new waters and everybody yep. was doing it different. Right. Absolutely. Well, we do follow you on socials and and we've seen some of your Instagram posts. And uh, one of the things you posted recently was uh, a little uh, Les Claypool impersonation. And that was, <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty, that's pretty awesome to watch. Yeah. He's <laughs> context. Primus is a huge yes. part of our, like history you know as mm-hmm. we've, we've been on this air, air for 18 years 
I believe every single show we've ever had has included a Primus song deliberately because they're so weird and they've been around for so long. We're just like, we got to. Well, <laughs> the other thing is, too, is our niche is always our, our itch is always been trying to play bands that don't get normal radio play. Nonpoint being one of them, Primus being another. And it's always been our thing since the founding of 2004. Like we strive on playing stuff that you're not going to hear on radio. And so that's it's definitely unfortunate, like that you don't hear Nonpoint on radio, but we do our, our part to try to get it out there as much as we possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love Primus. Always have. I've been a Primus fan since I was 15. Yeah, Primus we have sucks. we have <laughs> Primus sucks. Primus sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah we, uh, Primus sucks. Fizzle fry sausage when they were sausage before they were Primus. I, I, I'm a fan. I was a fan of Claypool and everything he did. I, I was a big fan. Yeah, we we have a, a segment that we call Primus Timus that we uh, we mm-hmm. play every every show. So one nice. Primus song, and we don't repeat a song for an entire year. Yeah, yeah. I believe we've played every Primus song that exists at some point, <laughs> in another or another in our. Even if it shouldn't have been played, <laughs> right? Maybe that one should have been left out. But I'm pretty sure that Tales from the Punchbowl was one of the first CDs I owned, which is a weird way to be getting into into rock music. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> like Professor Nutbutter is a bizarre way. It's just a, an introduction to this kind of stuff. But but here we are. I was curious about how, you know, you mentioned, you know, you're excited about getting back on the road right now. You're on, you know, a quick respite from from the tour and whatnot. When you guys get back out there, I know there's only so much you probably can say, but are we looking at at a continued promotion of Ruthless in the EP or is it kind of is it is it the next phase, the next kind of the next, big thing you guys EP. are working on coming? <laughs> yeah. What, what are we looking forward to being promoted next? Is what yeah, I'm I believe asking. I think we're still on uh, Ruthless because we're supposed to have the second leg of the tour. This is OK. This was all supposed to be one run. And what happened with, you know, we we had COVID and had to leave the road those first dates in October, November, whatever it was. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Back. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah. the all these dates that we just did in January here were well not all of them but the majority of them were rescheduled dates from then so this is still the first leg of the tour we just tacked a few more on and made their way to shiprock but they were rescheduled we've always intended to have a second leg of this tour and hit all those other places that we didn't hit because everybody keeps saying oh oh great nice tour you didn't you're not coming through our city oh oh flyover again yeah i guess we ain't shit down here no, we just we just didn't get there yet. It's like so many people. And you know what? It's so hard. You wouldn't believe we could promote a show for two months. And and the week of the show, somebody will just be finding out about the show. Yeah. You know, yeah. or after we leave town. Oh, why didn't you come to so and so town? Yeah, right, right. We were there yesterday. It's so hard to reach people, even with the Internet. Yeah. Because the, the algorithms limit everything. Yep. We have all this access and then we're still limited. That was the same conversation we had with oxymorons. Then you guys are kind of in the same boat. You know, you're very obviously DIY. You guys put out a lot of great additional stuff on the social on social media and on the Internet and stuff. But no matter how good it is or how much it is, it still is limited into its reach, which really sucks. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um. I think we're, we're, we're getting to the, to the end here. Usually we do the rapid fire kind of thing. I've only got three for you. We decided to, since we covered most of the basic ones last time, I got three in, in a, mostly going in a totally different direction. All right. Uh, uh, first one actually is related to, to the band. Um, so far, now that you've had a few months out there doing, doing some shows after that giant break, what's your favorite pre Jason era, non point song 
to play live? Uh, usually I've been asked this before and usually, usually my answer is, is pretty much the same. It's, it's usually whatever new song I'm learning mm. because, because every time I'm learning a song, a new song that I have to learn from the back catalog, it's like, I find a new appreciation for, for, for the band. And I'm like, this is my new favorite song. And, uh, I like some of the stuff from vengeance and I got the guys to play that they haven't played for a while, like everybody down and uh, they've always done hands off and stuff like that, but everybody down. And then there's some other songs like getting to play, like the reckoning on this last tour from to the pain. That's, that was a cool song to play too. Um, but I think it's, it's a toss up. I, I really like the self-titled stuff that mm. Rashid and Dave brought in like then too, but I also, I also like the original stuff from Andy and stuff. So it's just my flavor changes so much that I just, I never get stuck with anything. That is really cool though, that you, yeah, that's good to hear that you can, you're, yeah, you're out there still, you know, learning different things in the catalog and then being able to push them to throw that into the set list, probably mostly just for your own sake, but like, Hey, (laughs) this would be cool if I could try this one. (laughs) Like, (laughs) that's what I told them when with everybody down, like from vengeance, I'm like, this is really right along the lines of Ruthless. We should throw this in the set. There's a gang vocal in it, just like the Ruthless. And mm-hmm. it's got that chant. And it's a great crowd vibe. And then Elias was, wasn't sold on it. And then we started playing it in practice. And the first we, we blew right through it the first couple of times, like perfectly. And he's like, I, maybe this is. And then we played it and, and it went, went over great. So I, <laughs> I'm like, we need to do more of those. But, you know, it's, it's hard with with the crowd too you just stick to what the crowd wants to hear all the time you know we try to throw as many gems in as we can is there currently a favorite song that you're learning now well yes i haven't dove into it just yet but i'm about to start working on el diablo from the poison red record because we're going to puerto rico with puya so the band wants to make sure the band wants to make sure they play all their latin influenced songs you know Right, El Diablo yeah. is the only one I haven't learned yet because I have to learn BC's ridiculously monster solo in that. Song. <laughs> so it's kind of been it's kind of been putting me off a little bit on it. Um, so I have to dive into that pretty soon so I can get that. The rest of the song is easy. It's just that solo is like, <laughs> come on, man, really? You know, all the finger tapping and stuff. Like, oh, God. <laughs> hey, but you're, as we learned last time, you're a solo guy now. You, <laughs> you know, the guys are always like, you can, you can make it easier or you can make it your own. I'm like, I can't do that. He put time and effort into writing that. That's what's on record. That's what people know. Mm-hmm. That's what I want people to hear. I want to represent yeah. the band the way they hear it on the record. Yeah. Hmm. That's fair. That, that's awesome. Actually. Yeah. We, we, appre- we appreciate the uh, to dedication to that. Yeah. yeah. All right. I've got, I've got two more since the itch is obviously a St. Louis show. And I'm the one guy who's based out of Chicago, which I always appreciate talking to other people who are in the Chicago area. So two part question. Are you a Bulls guy for one? Uh, I am not a basketball fan anymore, but yes, in the past I was, I was a, once the Jordan era was over, I kind of fell out of basketball <laughs> yeah. altogether yeah. and just don't pay attention anymore. A lot of people. So, <laughs> I could say that. Yes. If I was a basketball fan though, I would definitely be a Bulls fan. St. Louis doesn't doesn't really have much of a history with the NBA, 
But being up here, I've tried to become a Bulls fan, been here for eight years, and it's been really hard. But finally, they're giving me something to root for. And so I'm yeah. kind of kind of excited about that. Yeah, but, see, I was I was spoiled. So right. I had the right, right. <laughs> you <laughs> right. were here during the t- D time. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then next up, because this one's come up a couple of different times, go to Galloping Ghost game. When you're out of the arcade, what's what mm. what do you gotta play? What I gotta play, I, I usually the first games in there. Like there's a there's a row of Street Fighter games, all yep. of them like the turbos and stuff. Always gotta hit that. And then I like all my old school games. There's like uh, I like to play like uh, Shinobi. I like uh, Ghouls and Ghosts, Ghosts yes. and Goblins. Yes. I like uh, a lot of the really dumb karate games from when I was a little <laughs> kid that are like so stupid. You the moves are really dumb. <laughs> but I, I try to hit everything like. Uh, there's a Karnov. I love X-Men. Oh, I, love teenage, I love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There's this stupid little, I can't remember, I can't believe I forgot for the name of it now. It's this dumb little bomb guy game where he like floats and catches <laughs> bombs and stuff. I try to hit as much as I can. And I, try to, I try to always play something a little different too. That's awesome. I, I, it's always for my son. He's yeah. always uh, laser focused on some game he wants to play or something. But I try to hit a little bit of everything. <laughs> nice. I think for me, it's... I, I got to hit NBA jam because they have, they have those nineties lineups, not, <laughs> not MJ from the bulls, unfortunately, but you got to take what you can code to unlock him. Right. Yeah. yeah, so yeah I'll just, yeah. I'll just be the Sonics. I'll play, you know, Peyton and Kemp or something like that. And it's usually fun. <laughs> um, and then almost every time I'm there, I'm going to, I'm going to go beat X-Men arcade game or the turtles, at least one or the other yep. um, superheroes, total sucker. And then when you go right in the door, I don't know if there still is, cause I haven't been there since before the pandemic, but to the left, there's this weird, like 3D, like but like 90s 3D, like arena shoot 'em up game. I remember that from when I was a kid too. They, I know where it's at too. Yeah, so they, they still have it. I don't. I say I, I want to. I usually go with like three or four other people, and we'll go in there and just tear each other up on that game for a little while. And that's it's, that's it's a blast. A, it's a big. It's a big all white machine, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's got like four or five different seats. Like it takes up a whole chunk of this one game of the the arcade. Yeah. So that one's a quality one. But all right, that's all I had on that. I'm gonna let these guys get back to it and we'll wrap it up here. <laughs> well, we definitely appreciate you joining us. And and, and I know you said that you, this isn't the case, but we give a shit about the six guitarists of non-points. So <laughs> right, right, right. We, we do, we do. <laughs> so thank you very much for joining us. Yeah. No problem, guys. <laughs> and for listeners. Hit up Nonpoint on the socials and at nonpoint.com and 361degreesrecords.com. That's where you can find merch for the band and the label and tour dates and all the good stuff coming up. And uh, as mentioned, yeah. we, we were sad to miss you guys on Chip Rock and in St. Louis, but COVID. And don't let it happen again. There was, <laughs> yeah, right. It won't. Right. It won't. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we, we, we don't like being called out by bands for missing their shows. And that's actually happened twice <laughs> now. So oxymorons did the oxymorons same, did the same <laughs> to us. Yeah. yeah nice. <laughs> We're like, we just so. discovered you guys <laughs> after you had already come to town. They're like, but still, why weren't you there? <laughs> we will not let it happen again. Even if I had to bring my kids, they're coming with me. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap this up. Since this is a regular episode, we should do the regular closing. Yes. yes. <laughs> so thank you very much for listening to The Itch. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. And I'm Aaron. And until next time, enjoy Nonpoint. If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about the show. We've got plenty of links in the show notes to continue the conversation, including the episode's playlist. 
And you can interact with us on Twitter, Facebook, or through Gmail and itchrocks.com, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S.